As many comic book fans know, Superman stories are some of the hardest to write, and Brian Michael Bendis is terrible at it. And they hired him over from Marvel to do it and everything. But anyway, Superman stories, good ones, are far and few between. I'm sure there are some Superman fans who are like, what are you talking about? But I think most of you do know what I'm talking about. And I have to say, this is a great Superman story. It's very much an Elseworlds story. It feels like an Elseworlds story. It takes place in the Arrowverse, although there's absolutely no reference to the Arrowverse in the first 90 minutes. So it feels like its own thing. I think I would like it less if it tied into the Arrowverse, to be honest with you. I like it as its own Elseworlds story. And we're going to talk about that. But don't worry, there are no spoilers, because there's a lot of cool reveals and twists in the first 90-minute uh, premiere a premiere extravaganza, and I don't want to ruin them for you. Although some have already been ruined, apparently, so be careful for spoilers. It's still enjoyable, even if you know the twists, but I really liked that. Now, remember the soap opera sexiness of Lois and Clark? I tweeted that I love this, and some of you were like, is it as good as Lois and Clark? It's different, because here, it's very good. But here, Superman and Lois shows the characters a decade into their marriage, and things are getting real. They had some interesting dialogue about that, in fact. The whole series is much more grounded from storylines to casting choices. I mean, this is such a much different Lois than Terry Hatcher. And at first, I was like, I miss Terry Hatcher. But by the end of the 90 minutes, I thought I really appreciated what Elizabeth Tullock is, was, is doing here. Now, it, take, it does take some getting used to, as you can see, but this show, this new show, so commits to a realistic take on Superman and Lois as millennial parents, combined with all the problems of modern small-town America, that it became really interesting really fast. And I also appreciate the quality level in terms of production values and VFX. I would say that based on the 90-minute premiere, we'll see how the, how the show proceeds throughout the whole first season, but this is more on par with DC Universe content than CW content. It's even, I'd say, a touch better than Titans in terms of VFX and production values. And it's still a little Hollywood. I mean, Tyler Hoechlin and Elizabeth Tullock are way too young to have both established strong careers as professionals and be the parents of 14-year-old twins. They would have had to have children way too young to have actually accomplished the things that they have. But to be fair, they both do such a good job acting-wise that after the initial, like, what? You totally believe it. I mean, you do believe that they're these twins' parents. And, 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 and with all the, it's not, it's like, it's a complex family dynamic, which I really appreciated. Now, with the trailers for this show, a number of you felt that it had similar style, it was similar stylistically, at least, to uh, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. And I would say in terms of the color palette and having a more withdrawn Superman who's a bit of a loner, that that's true. But overall, I actually feel the approach they've taken here reminds me of the work of Taylor Sheridan. And this is it. This is such a good idea that I wish they would approach Taylor Sheridan to maybe, I mean, I know J.J. Abrams has gotten the gig, and I can see why he has. But I think Taylor Sheridan might be even a better choice. Because he's known for his thrilling, and he does good action work. Uh, well, actually, he didn't direct um, uh, uh, Sicario. So, so, you know, and Denis Villeneuve has had his own struggles. But anyway... Taylor Sheridan is known for his thrilling, stripped-down, modern depictions of Americana. 
which does, and because of that application here, that stylistic approach, that really helps make Man of Steel, Superman, feel like a current character again, something that Superman has struggled with in the comics and other, you know, depictions as of late. In fact, if only the comics were able to accomplish this, Superman and Lois perfectly captures what it's like for this couple to be torn, and their family to be torn between the big city and a small town, making the Kents truly a microcosm of the United States today. Isn't that fascinating? How would you, who would ever suspect this level of commentary from the CW? Anyway, usually Clark Kent is either totally in Metropolis or totally in Smallville, right? He's like, he has two modes. But here, to have him straddling the two is just really, really good storytelling. Smallville is dealing with predatory businesses, preying on farms, uh, meth, the, the death of Main Street, and more. While Lois and Clark's daily planet experience and connections gives them the ability to do something about all of this in addition to traditional superheroics. And Lois can also contribute. As you can see, that's starting to happen in the first 90 minutes. They're sowing the seeds for a good mystery. One of the cool, I mean, you can see some of what's going on. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't think it would take a, a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter to see some of this shady stuff that's going on, but that's the way these stories go. Now, one of the coolest things about Christopher Nolan's Batman, and which we're hoping to see from Matt Reeves' version, which so far does seem to be the case, is that Batman's world in those depictions seems like it could actually exist, like it's real. And for the first time in a long time, this show made me feel that Superman's world could be real and unique to the character, which is really important. But for all the grounded aspects of the show, don't worry, the 90-minute premiere also delivers a lot of great action. Very similar, speaking of Titans, to the excellent Superboy episodes in Season 2. Those were great. Uh, Hoechlin definitely gets to be Superman, complete with superhero landing, and he looks fantastic. Uh, but still, the realistic aspects of the show are used here, too, in really exciting ways. For instance... I loved this. This was so quick, but it made such an impression on me. There's one scene where workers in a building see Superman fly by chasing a villain, giving chase. And, you know, usually that's done to be like a thrilling action sequence, but seeing it from the perspective of the workers in the building, I had this pang of dread and fear hit me as a viewer, you know, to see what that would be like being like, oh my gosh, Superman doesn't have this under control. This could actually get bad. Maybe we should take cover. You know, like who knows where this fight is going to spread. So that was one of the most unique perspectives I've seen on a Superman action sequence in quite some time. I loved it. Uh, I've, it's always been said that of the DC Trinity, Batman is the detective, Wonder Woman is the soldier or teacher, depending how you see the character, and Superman is the fireman, and their stories are supposed to reflect that. And I felt that here, Superman as the fireman ve was very much reflected, you know, in a positive, exciting way. Also, having Lana Lang's husband uh, in Smallville be a fire chief himself is a really clever idea because it holds a mirror up to Clark Kent Superman, you know, a human and superhero fireman. I thought that was great. Uh, the, not, the first 90 minutes is full of tons of clever ideas, and we'll touch on some of them in just a moment, but again, no spoilers. But one problem that Clark Kent has here is that he's just never home. He's really, you know, he's just really having a hard time being with his family. Uh, you know, he's per taking care of his personal life. And a lot of us are busy these days, so it makes it very relatable. And I bet if you're so busy, you haven't had, you haven't set your Valentine's Day plans just yet, right? A lot of us, it's like, it's, it's coming up. What are we going to do? How about make it an HBO Max holiday? I mean, you could do a Friends or Big Bang Theory marathon. Plenty of romance there, believe me. I've just been watching them. It's so romantic. Also, so many of you love Euphoria. You could watch that there if you haven't seen it yet. 
those new specials that just came out, or watch a classic romance, a modern romance, or a fun girls' night out movie. I mean, there are a ton of great DC animated episodes that are just perfect for Valentine's Day. That's what I'm gonna watch. Uh, and if you need help deciding what you want to watch, HBO Max has a whole Valentine's Day section where it's all laid out. Right now, new, and this is important, new and returning subscribers can get 20% off when you prepay for six months. And that offer ends March 1st, 2021. Now, those six months will take you through these exciting new movies, Judas and the Black Messiah, Tom and Jerry, The Snyder Cut, Godzilla vs. Kong, Mortal Kombat, The Conjuring 3, and Space Jam 2. You'll get all of those when you prepay for six months now, and you'll get 20% off as well. Click the link down below in the in the video description to subscribe today and get that deal. Again, for new and returning subscribers. You can not only get it for yourself, but you can give it as a gift to a loved one for Valentine's Day. All right, so back to how clever Superman and Lois is. Uh, you might recall that when the trailer came out, I tweeted that I did not appreciate giving them two angsty teenage sons. Who's this Jordan Kent? Barf! But it turns out I love Jordan Kent. I don't, I don't want to give anything away, but giving Clark Kent an edgy teenage son, who plays in Justice 2, by the way, giving him an edgy teenage son that he that Clark Kent has trouble relating to because he takes the son takes more after Lois, that turns out to be a really great idea from a story perspective. I not only like Jordan Kent here, but I'd like to see him in the comics. Uh, Jordan Alsace and Ali, because you know what? Jonathan Kent has become quite literally a replacement Superman. So the idea of having Superman's son not be so identical to him is really interesting. So you have Jordan Elsass and Alexander Garfin playing the, son, playing the sons, and they both do a surprisingly good job not falling into stereotypes, you know, the jock and the loner. And their bond as brothers, I feel, is really touching. I really like that element a lot. Uh, I also applaud the strength of the show for not going for the stereotype, stereotypical easy route of making the two brothers hate each other. I mean, there's a little tension because they're so different, but I like that deep down they do clearly care about each other very much. I also really like having Dylan Walsh from Nip Tuck as Lois's father, General Lane, who has been reimagined as a sort of military commissioner Gordon for Superman, such a good idea, with the added twist of being his father-in-law. I mean, these ideas are so good, I think that they all should be incorporated into DC Comics, or at least do a Superman and Lois title. Because again, Brian Michael Bendis has turned out to not be very good at the job. Now, there are a lot of surprises, as I said, during this 90-minute premiere, but they have a doozy of a tease at the very end, which has unfortunately leaked. I tweeted about it yesterday. I was like, oh, there's an exciting thing. And a lot of you were like, we know it leaked, which is really too bad. Uh, but what's interesting here is that this ties into some of the criticism of the show from a writer that I know a number of you are aware of, and that writer was unfortunately fired. Now, I can't speak to her experiences behind the scenes, and she has some very serious and valid criticisms. She has serious allegations and valid criticisms about the show that I hope that Greg Berlanti and his team who make Superman and Lois have looked into. But one thing that she said was that she didn't think the characters of color on the show were well, well represented. But from what I can see, I think that they're doing a good job. They have some background characters, yes. This is only the first 90 minutes. But, you know, you have Emmanuel Shrieky playing Lana Lang. That's a big change. And she works for Smallville's bank. Uh, 
a great idea because a lot of the folks in Smallville have so many financial problems. But also, as I tweeted, one of Superman's classic villains has been Ray Spent. Again, a lot of you seem to know who this is. And I understand the writers, this writer's complaint, this former writer's complaint, that she didn't want the only prominent black character on the show to be a villain. And again, that is a very valid criticism. And I hope that's not the case over the course of the first season. But this villain? played by this actor who seems to be absolutely perfect casting, this is a really big deal, an exciting you know, situation, and it's a turning point for the Superman franchise. I can't wait to see how this plays out. And by the way, Will Parks has actually worked with Taylor Sheridan on Yellowstone. So some of you might already be familiar with him because that's a very popular show. So this is the first CW show since Supergirl that I'm actually going to watch as a fan. You know, not just for review, that I'm going to keep watching. Because I'm really curious to see what happens next. Supergirl's first, and this is better than Supergirl, by the way. Much better. Again, this doesn't feel like a CW show. Uh, although we'll see what happens after the first 90-minute premiere. Now, Supergirl became unwatchable, and I did stop watching it after the first two seasons. And I hope that Superman and Lois can maintain this even better quality storytelling. So uh, I, I think it's really good. Again, it's on DC Universe, and I think this could play on HBO Max as it's rumored to eventually. It's eventually. It's rumored to be eventually be heading to HBO Max, where I think it would fit in just great. So that's my review of Superman and Lois. I'm excited to hear your thoughts down below. It premieres on the CW as a two-hour event because there are commercials. It's 90 minutes of storytelling on February 23rd. Share your thoughts down below. Subscribe today, and of course, as always, you can check out some more videos right now.